Help us to be open, God, to your calling tonight. Jesus, Jesus, how we need you, how we need you, Jesus. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Thank God for his touch tonight. Thank God for what we feel. Amen. A genuine, a genuine presence of the Lord. Amen. It's good to see every one of you here tonight. And uh, amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 10. I'm gonna begin at verse number 14. I want to talk to us tonight a little bit about the shepherd's voice. And you can see here in John chapter 10. Jesus said this, this is his words. He said, I am, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I bring, and they shall hear my voice. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. And then skip down to verse number 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. Amen. I want to talk to us about this shepherd's voice. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. Peter said that. He's our chief shepherd. Amen. It's important that we hear the voice of the shepherd. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing for the word of the Lord tonight. I kind of want to hone in here on these few verses for a few minutes and just talk to us tonight about how important it is that God's voice be the loudest voice in our life, that his calling, that his beckoning, that his direction, that God's voice would be the loudest voice in our life, because there's so many distractions right now, and there's so many different things that are competing for our attention, that it's important that we let God, what God is saying, prevail above everything else, that God, what God is saying to us needs to be more important than what other people are saying to us, amen. What people are saying may be important, but God's voice needs to filter through all that so that we hear his voice. For those of you that are familiar with football, you know that the flow of a game, a football game, often depends upon the, the referee. And the referee is the one that kind of oversees the game. The guys in the striped shirts, the referee, the line judge, all those guys, they control the game. They, they watch what's going on in the game, and they watch for penalties to take place, and they they determine when a team scores points. and The referee at a football game, they, they maintain the control by using that whistle. Those referees, they, they have whistles that they, that they have that they carry or they put in their mouth. And when a play is done, they blow the whistle. And everybody knows that it's done. It's time to stop. Whenever a team scores a touchdown or an extra point or something, the the referee will usually raise their arms and they'll blow the whistle, score, touchdown. And that, that signal, that whistle, lets people know that something significant has happened. When, when the quarter is over or the halftime or when the game is finished, oftentimes that referee will blow his whistle and 
wave their arms and, and indicate that time's up. It's time to go to the next quarter, time to go to the locker room. And they control the thing. They control the game clock. Oftentimes, you'll, if, you, if you're familiar with football, a referee would, would step up and say, the clock starts on my signal, and they'll blow the whistle, and the clock will start. There could be 100,000 people in the stands all cheering for their team, and the coach and the other teammates could be on the sideline hollering and, and cheering and all this noise going on, and the players on the field could be making noise. But what the players have to be in tune to is that whistle. That's what they have to hear. They may recognize that everything else around them is going on, but they have to be listening for that whistle. If, if the play starts and somebody jumps off sides or somebody jumps prematurely, the, the referee will probably run in there and blow his whistle and, and call the play dead. But if somebody doesn't hear the whistle, they may plow into somebody. They may continue on if they're not paying attention to the whistle. If, if the ball drops on the ground and it's an incomplete pass and maybe somebody didn't hear the whistle or didn't realize what was going on, they may continue on trying to play the game when the play is already dead. The players have to be in tune to a sound. It's the whistle. Despite everything that's going on around them, they have to be able to ignore all that stuff. If they ignore the whistle, they could be penalized. They could delay the game. They could go the wrong direction. And I would tell us tonight that as Christians, we have to be in tune to the voice of the Lord. God is the one who's controlling the flow. God is the one who, who is determining the times and the seasons in our lives. And His voice is the most important voice. It's important for all of us to hear Him, even though there are all kinds of people around us and they may be speaking and they may be causing us to hear a lot of different things. We have to be able to distinguish His voice above all of the other distractions. It's like that old story about the, the Native American who was walking in a downtown area with the businessman, and, and as they were walking downtown, all of a sudden the Native American said, Stop, listen. And the businessman said, What? What is it? And he said, Do you hear it? And the businessman said, No, I don't hear anything. What, what, what are you talking about? He said, It's a cricket. And the businessman kind of looked a little confused. A cricket? What are you talking about? A cricket downtown in this area? He said, No, I heard it. I heard it. Don't you hear it? He said, No, I don't hear anything. And the, the Native American kept trying to get the, the, uh, the businessman to, to tune in. Listen, this li it's, it's, it's plain as day. You can hear it. And, but the, as much as the businessman tried, he could not hear it. And so the, the Native American, he kind of looked around, and, and he, over on the edge of the sidewalk, over by a crack, he saw the cricket, and he reached down, and he picked it up, and he showed it to the businessman. And the businessman, he, just, he was amazed. He just, how did you hear that? And the, the Native American man just reached in his pocket and he took a handful of coins and he tossed them out onto the sidewalk. And when those coins hit the sidewalk, 10 or 15 people all of a sudden looked up because they, could, they heard that. And he explained, he said, it's what you're in tune to. That's what you pay attention to. And the question is, is do we hear the voice of the shepherd? Can we hear God speaking to us? You know, hearing God, it's a, it's a learning process. We, we learn to hear His voice, the, the tone of God's voice. You know how it is sometimes when you're in a, in a room with several people, you can distinguish 
who's talking by the tone or the sound of their voice. That's the way it is with God's voice. But there are people that they have, they have thought they heard God's voice. They, they felt like God was speaking to them. But the reality was is it wasn't God's voice. There are other people that, that I'm convinced that God speaks to them and they attribute it to something else. If we're not careful, we get confused as to who or what we're hearing. You know, we all understand today that Satan's a liar. He deceives people. Satan, Satan does everything that he can to try to confuse people like us. He deceives, and, and, and I would just tell you today that not everything we hear is necessarily truth. And not every voice that comes, I'm not trying to make you be a skeptical person or become a doubter or anything like that, but not everything we feel, not everything I feel is of God. Not everything I think about, not every thought that comes to my mind is, is accurate and true. But I, do would, I would also say this, though, that, that God's voice does not have to be guesswork. God's voice in our life doesn't have to be this grand mystery that's, that's shrouded in this, this cloth of some kind that we have to peel back the layers. Oh, I wonder if God's talking to me. I think God's voice can be very clear and recognizable to every one of us. And so he said, my sheep, they know my voice. They know it. That, that Greek word means to perceive or to be sure, to understand. The definition of that word to know means to perceive with certainty, to understand clearly. That's what I want when, when God talks to me. I want to have a certainty about it. I want it to be clear. John 7, 17, Jesus said, if, a man will, if any man will do his will, Listen to this. He shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God. He shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God. And so I want to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to be able to recognize His voice. There's been a lot of talk over the last, I don't know, two or three, four years now through all the, the political campaigns and everything going on about misinformation and disinformation. And, and you know, there were people in the government that, they want to have more control over uh, what information is being spread and what access people have access to. There are people, of course, in the government and different, different entities. They want to determine, well, what's accurate, what's not accurate. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, they want to try to censor things. They want to say, well, they're wrong and we're right. And, you know, you got political sides at each other. The problem with political sides is both sides think the other side's wrong and and the one side feels like what they have to say is true and the other person is not true. And, and, and we all understand that. But, and so, you know, we have to, as people, we have to be careful what we listen to, right? We have to be careful what we hang our hat on, what we're going to pay attention to, because not everything that's coming over the radio or across the Internet is true. We know that now a lot more than we did two years ago. And both sides, and I'll just say it, both sides think they've got, they've got the truth. They want to promote that. But we still have to be careful, of course, what news and all that stuff that we're listening to. With all the information that's out there, um, we have to be careful. But certainty 
and assurance, they're essential, especially when it comes to hearing God. When we, when we have heard from God, listen to this, when, when we have heard from God, when we know God has spoken to us, we can resist any other voice that comes at us. If we know it was God, if I know that God spoke to me about something, it doesn't matter what the devil says, it doesn't matter what, what kind of spiritual attack I may be, if I know that I know that I know, if I know it was from God, certainty and assurance. So I would say, stay close to God. It's essential to hearing and knowing the voice of God. Stay close to Him. Don't try to walk with God at a distance because lukewarmness, carnality, worldliness, it just, it just creates confusion when it comes to people trying to hear God's voice. When somebody gets cold in their spirit or they get lukewarm from God, they have trouble distinguishing God's voice. But people that pray and people that read the Bible, they stay close to God. They start recognizing His voice and His call in their life. We have to conquer our human will. We have to conquer our human will. Our, our human will tries to rise up and it tries to overtake the voice of God in our life. God is, and I believe God is prompting people even tonight. I think God wants to tell me something tonight. Amen. When I pray, when I study His Word, when I look in the Bible, God is trying to speak to me, but if my human will is prevailing, it's going to push back what God's trying to tell me, uh, tell me in my spirit or what God is trying to speak to me. So we conquer our human will. That's why it's important we fast, to squelch that. If God has already written something in His Word, God doesn't have to tell us that again. That, that may sound like common sense or just plain, I mean, some, not very deep, but, but we don't have to sit around and wait for God to tell us we need to pray. He's already told us to pray. So we don't have to sit back and, and maybe just wait for the Holy Ghost to prompt us to go, to go do good things, to go do good works. God has already told us that we're supposed to do good works. We don't, have to, we don't have to wait for God to tell us it's wrong to steal or to lie. We already know that because it's already written in His Word. But when we sense God speaking to us, when the shepherd starts guiding us, when the voice of the Lord begins to, to speak to us, or we think it's the voice of the Lord, John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, he said, try the spirits. Try the spirits to see whether they be of God. There is a spirit of truth. There is a spirit of error. Does anybody else here talk to yourself? I do. And I know every one of you do too. Because our, when God created our minds, our minds are working. We may not verbalize our, our thoughts, but we're talking to ourselves. And... And the things that people read, and the things that people watch, and the people that, that we associate with, they, they create voices. We read books or we read something online. It's creating a voice, a thought. And so we have to be careful of what some people call self-talk, these things that are creating conversations in our minds. We're not crazy. If you, if you talk to yourself, you're not crazy. You're probably pretty normal. But we have to be able to distinguish 
is it God talking to me or is it just my thoughts running amok? Is it just my emotions that are caught up with me or is God really trying to deal with me about something in my life or a direction for my life? Is God speaking to me? You know, obviously common sense comes into play. Um, God doesn't have to tell us every little decision to make. God doesn't have to tell us to take a bath, I hope. God doesn't have to tell us to brush your teeth and wear deodorant. Sorry if that's too plain. That's, that's common sense, right? We understand that. God doesn't have to tell us, okay, okay, all right, all right, Michael, I want you. Pretend like God's talking to you. Michael Hurt, I want you to park in the third row at Walmart and the second parking place. We don't have to wait for God to say, I want you to park right there. And then you end up sitting waiting 20 minutes for somebody to, God gave us a brain. I mean, we can think things through. There are some things that are common sense. But when God does speak, when God does start pushing and prompting and, and leading and convicting, I want to be able to hear his voice. I want to know that it's God. If God does tell me to park in the third row in the second parking spot, I want to know that it's God. Amen. And to be able to distinguish that voice. And the longer that we walk with him, the better we get to know that voice. God, of course, speaks to us through his, his written word. It's the most reliable. It's the most consistent source by which God speaks to us. If we're not reading our Bible, we're missing God's voice in our life. Somebody said it. I don't remember where I read it or saw it. But somebody said, you know, some people are... are waiting or searching for a voice when God has given them a verse. God speaks to us through this written word. And, and I would tell us also that anything else that we may claim as God's voice, if it contradicts this written word, it's not God. It wasn't God if it contradicts that word. So God gives us his written word, but God gives us people in our lives to speak to us. Of course, God gives us spiritual leadership. God gives us elders in our lives. God gives us a pastor and teachers in our lives to, to help us hear his voice. Elders and people in whom we have confidence. I thank God for people in our lives who are in tune with God. I'm not talking about carnal people. I'm not talking about world. I don't listen to worldly people when it comes to godly matters. I don't, get, I don't get spiritual advice from somebody that's not faithful to God. That's like getting financial advice from broke people. That's not a good decision, you know. But if you want to hear from God, sometimes God puts people in our lives who pray and who has influence in our, in our lives. That's the people we need to be listening to. Not carnality, not worldly people, but godly people. In the multitude of counselors, the proverb says, there is safety. So God speaks to us through his word. God puts people in our lives. Sometimes God speaks to us through our spouse. He can do that. But God speaks directly to people also. And, you know, we, we, we're probably not as familiar with this as 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 maybe we could be. But I think God can speak to people audibly. Just like he spoke to Moses at the burning bush. God can speak to somebody audibly. In a, in a very real way. 
in a time of prayer. And people have heard the voice of God. Just like he spoke to Balaam through that, through that donkey. God spoke to him in a very real way. God can speak to us that way. I think God speaks to people through the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Sometimes we preach and we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. It's important that when, we are, when our church comes together, that the gifts of the Spirit are, are allowed to operate. When I say the gifts of the Spirit, I'm talking about the gift of prophecy, gift of tongues, interpretation. When God's Spirit begins to move, we don't need to quench that. We need to, we need to make room for the Spirit of the Lord to work. And there have been many, many services, many, many times when God has edified and strengthened people through prophecy, through a word of prophecy, through tongues, through interpretation. The church is built up through the gifts of the Spirit. Dreams and visions are another way that God speaks to people. And I got to thinking about that. There, there have been times that God has spoke to me directly through a dream or through a vision. Um, there, and, and it doesn't happen a lot. Most of my dreams are not very spiritual. Um, most of them are just pretty weird or I just don't remember when I wake up. But there have been a few times that as I, as I was in that dream that I woke up from it and there was a heaviness about it. There was a weight. And I would have to, and there, I, there was one time I remember I had a pen and some paper next to my bed, and then as much light as I could get, I wrote some things down. There was another time I, I got up out of bed, and I, and I went to my, my chair, and I began to write down as much as I could remember, because I knew God had a word. Maybe it was, and, and I think it was a message I was supposed to preach, or a word for this church. It's been several months that that's happened. But God speaks to people in dreams. God can speak to you in a dream. Probably many of you have experienced that, where, where you woke up and you knew something that the Lord was stirring your spirit or he had a personal word for you or, or whatever the circumstances was. We have to be open to that. But not every dream, of course, is God. The other night, I hope this is okay, I tell this. <laughs> but the other night, I, my wife said, Derek, Derek, you're dreaming. And uh, I... I she, I asked her, I guess, the next morning or the next day, I said, you know, what was I making noise? And she said, yeah, I, said, I was moaning or something and <laughs> and started twitching, and, and that wasn't of God. I don't remember that. I just re- I just remember her waking me up from that good sleep. But uh, but there was no no voice from God in that dream. But God can speak to people in dreams. He spoke to Solomon. He spoke to Pilate's wife in a dream. That happened. He spoke to others, and uh, Peter and, and, and Joseph, of course, and Peter and Paul. God speaks to people through angels. Amen. God directs us through angels. I think that's why we're supposed to be careful in how we entertain people we don't know, because it could be an angel that the Lord has sent our way. And then God speaks to us through impressions. And And me personally, this is just... This is just Brother Hanson here. I think this is probably the way that I recognize more other than the Word of God. God speaks to me through impressions. And I told Sunday, I think it was Sunday when I was preaching, how God spoke to me or I felt God impress upon me while I was mowing the grass the other day. Very, very real. I was, I was mowing the grass and God said, you can't wait to worship, you can't wait to work, and you can't wait to be saved. Very, very clear. God laid that on my heart. But I didn't hear an audible voice. The mower was running. 
and I had, I think I had earplugs or earbuds in my ears, but, but I felt that, that weight in that moment, and I knew that, and I was already trying to get ready for Sunday services, and I knew God was, was, was helping me and directing me, and, and I heard that, but oftentimes God will, in prayer or at different times or sometimes in, in different venues or certain settings, I'll, I'll sense the moving of God's spirit. I'll, I'll, I'll feel God. I'll, I'll, I, I don't know if I can really even adequately put it into words, but, but I sense the direction of the Lord. Sometimes it's standing right here behind the pulpit. Sometimes I'm preaching a sermon or I'm teaching a, a, a Bible study, and, and, I'll, and I'll feel, the, feel or sense the prompting of the Lord. The song leaders, Brother Jones or Sister Lauren or Sister Kaylee, sometimes when, when, when somebody like that is leading songs or somebody's leading a service, sometimes the Holy Ghost brings things to our mind. It happens. Sometimes the Lord will prompt somebody that's leading a service, stop and pray. Or maybe a word or, or a certain direction just to, to change things and and, and again, when, when God begins to impress upon us and He begins to lead us, it's never going to contradict His Word. God, of course, is never going to contradict His written Word. But sometimes God will give us very something very specific for a season or a moment. And that's what I'm trying to tell us tonight, that when the shepherd begins to lead, the sheep need to be able to hear His voice. John chapter 10, verse 4 says, And when He putteth forth His own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Verse 5 says this, John 10, 5, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Amen. I want to hear the voice of the shepherd. There's all kinds of voices. But there is a certain sound to the voice of the Lord in our lives. A certain trumpet sound, a certain sound. And when God begins to convict you, and God will convict you, we need to be able to recognize that. You know, when God begins to speak to us, and we begin to hear the voice of the Lord, or we begin to sense God moving in our hearts, we need to take that course we have to try we have to we have to try the spirits we need to test the voices but when God begins to speak to us if there's a question about what what is happening what's what the Lord is saying to us we can compare that to what we have been taught now just stay with me here for a minute when when God begins to speak to somebody and we're not sure that it's the Lord we can compare what we're hearing with what we've been taught because because God is, for example, God's not going to tell somebody to, to, to do something that's wrong. In other words, God's not going to tell somebody to, to abandon their morality. If, if, it, if it's the Lord speaking, He's not going to say, He's not going to direct somebody to, that's going to um, cause them to compromise their integrity or their good character. That's not the Lord. Um. You know, God directs us toward His will and in, in principles from His Word. That's how, so we can compare with, we can compare the voice of the Lord with what we've been taught, but we can also compare the voice of the Lord or what we think is the voice of the Lord with our past experiences. 
Think about this with me, because history is a teacher. Time and experience, this is how we learn to hear God's voice. And, you know, and, and anybody at any time can just squelch. They can cut off the voice of the Lord. If they don't want to hear it, or if their ears are dull, or their, their ears are, are, are plugged, they're not going to hear God's voice. But when God begins to speak to us and lead us, we can, we can gauge sometimes how we've heard God in the past. And, and the Lord can help us grow or, or, or go the right direction by what we've learned in the past. Because, you know, if, if the, we felt like the Lord spoke to us in the past, and it turned out that it was not the will of God, if we sense that again, we're going to know because of history that that was not the voice of God. You know, if, if, you know I'll, I'll, try to, I'll try to illustrate this, but if, if we feel prompted that we're supposed to go start a ministry and it turns out that that ministry was not the will of God if we feel that prompting again we're going to know because of our past experience maybe that was not the Lord maybe that was just my emotions maybe that was my own spirit that was working and sometimes we have thoughts and sometimes our emotions can can push us to do things that are not necessarily the will of God so we when when God begins to speak to us we, we listen to it, we try it, we test it according to what's happened in our past and what we've been taught. And, and another way we can determine God's voice in our life is by, by just talking to other people. Elders in our life. Thank God for elders. And, you know, if, if God said, Derek Hansen, I want you to go start a church 15 hours away. Automatically, I'm, I'm just not going to uproot and, and sell everything and go. I'm going to say, wait a minute, Lord, is this you? Brother Wallace, how did it happen when you left Knoxville? I'm not asking for an answer, but I'm just using it as an illustration. Brother Wallace, how did it happen to you when you left Knoxville, Iowa, and moved 12 hours away or whatever it was to Alliance, Nebraska to start a church? How did God speak to you? And then I can compare how God's speaking to me with how it happened to my brother. Or I could say, Brother Jones, how did God speak to you when he told you to go start that church in Canyon City? I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out the will of God, and I'm not sure if it's the Lord speaking to me, telling me to go to, to Idaho or wherever and start a church. But Brother Jones can tell me how the Lord spoke to him. But I can compare. and You know, God is not the author of confusion. God's not trying to confuse people. But he is trying to direct our lives. And of course, we can compare what we're hearing and what we're sensing by the word of God. Again, I know I've said it already a couple of times, but God is not going to tell us to do something that contradicts his word. Oh, I just feel like God's telling me to marry that, that, You know, some 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 young young adult comes comes along and says, "Oh, I've fallen in love with so and so," and and I just feel like it's God's will for us to get. What are they in the church? No, that's not God telling you that. That's your own emotions. Do they pray? Do they do they love God? Do they have a heart for the things of? No, no. But I'm hoping I'm hoping I'll win them. No, no. You need to. Go back to the word of the Lord that says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. 
See, God does not direct people to do things that contradict His Word. And so when God begins to deal with us, we don't have to act impulsively or hastily in most cases. Sometimes the Lord may say, go pray for her right now. And if the Lord tells me, go pray for her right now, I need to do that. But if God is directing us and make, directing our life decisions, and I don't have to uproot everything on the spur of a moment. I can test it. God's not in a hurry. God never gets in a hurry. We do sometimes, but God doesn't. But we can test it. Amen. I think sometimes what some people hear is really just their own voice or their own mind. King Saul, who was the first king in Israel, he wanted to offer sacrifices. Felt like it was his responsibility to offer sacrifices because Samuel hadn't come back yet. Samuel was supposed to have already been there. He thought Samuel was going to be there to offer the sacrifices, but when Samuel didn't arrive, Saul said, I'll do it. But it wasn't Saul's responsibility. It wasn't his job. It wasn't the Lord speaking to him. And I would just tell you, and I'm, and I'm coming to a close here in just a minute, but sometimes we make mistakes in our judgment. And understanding the will of God and the voice of God, sometimes people don't always get it right. Um, sometimes we misinterpret what God is telling us to do. What are we supposed to do whenever we miss it? What are we supposed to do when we realize that we messed up? What if a person felt called to go do a certain kind of ministry, but later they realized that it wasn't really God, that it was their own heart, their own emotions that directed them? What is a person supposed to do if God speaks to them and tells them to give toward a certain cause, and then they, they ignore that or they don't do that? What are they supposed to do if, if, if they feel like God's leading them into a relationship or a job opportunity and they mess up? The answer will probably vary by the circumstances and what they've done. And sometimes people, I'm just talking plain here to you tonight, but sometimes people step off into stuff and they do irreparable damage because they think it was the will of God. This is why it's important that we know what God is saying to us and how the shepherd is leading to us. But oftentimes when people make mistakes when it comes to the will of the Lord, the situation can be fixed. It can be rectified with a conversation. And, you know, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not trying to cast, make people doubt things. I'm not trying to make you a skeptical person. But, but sometimes people in the ministry miss the voice of God. Sometimes maybe, a, you know, and I don't have any specific examples, but maybe sometimes a you know, a minister, a minister may resign a church and he wasn't even supposed to resign. He was supposed to stick it out. What's he supposed to do? Maybe, maybe there was an evangelist who came along and, and he made the statement, God told me when God didn't really tell him. Churches have misunderstood and the voice of, I think there's probably some churches that have made some decisions as a body that were not the will of God. And, of course, we, have in, we as individuals, we have made errors in thinking God spoke to us. What I'm trying to say to us tonight is that it's always better to make sure that it's the Lord that is speaking to us. But if we make a mistake, it's not the end of life. It's not the end. It's, 
people make mistakes. People mess up. But when we recognize that we've stepped out of the will of God or we have missed God's voice in our life, we need to stop right then and we need to take corrective action. We need to go back to what we know is right. You know, a few years ago, and I've told this story multiple times, and I'm not going to rehash it here tonight, but when the Lord began to deal with me about quitting my job and just pastoring full-time, that was a big deal for me. I'd, I'd worked for Harvest Bank for 11 and a half years, was doing fine financially, things were fine. Um, the pressure of pastoring and doing district work, it was a heavy load, plus working full-time and, and having a family, that was a heavy load. But I began to feel God prompt me and, and, and again, I don't want to rehash all that. So I, I, I didn't want it just to be my exhaustiveness or my weariness in that season of life. To say, well, I, I better quit my job. So I said, Lord, I said, God, if this is you, I said, God, you're going to have to confirm it to me. You're going to have to help me because I'm really not sure at this point. I'd read, I'd read some scriptures and it just seemed like it just jumped off the page from John chapter 21 where Peter Peter said, I'm going fishing, I'm going to work. And the Lord said, don't you love me? If you love me, feed my sheep. And I said, God, if this is you, you've got to tell me, you've got to help me. And God told me, God confirmed his word at camp meeting. I said, Lord, if you'll, if you'll help me and confirm your word at camp meeting, I'll, I'll follow you, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. And, and that's exactly what happened. We went to camp meeting and over and over and over, God kept confirming his word. Brother Burns walked up to me on a Thursday night, not knowing anything was going on. Brother Burns, we were praying around the altar, and Brother Burns walked up to me and said, God's going to ask you to do something, but he's going to make it up. And he has, and he did. Praise the Lord. But the point is, is that when the shepherd begins to lead us, we've got to obey him. We can't sit back and just ignore. We can't just sit back and act like God's not prompting us. God, God is leading us, and he's pulling on us, and he's directing our lives, and it's so easy just to let our conscience get seared, and it's, it's so easy just to become so callous to the voice of the Lord and act like it's, it's well, it's just something else, it's some other thing going on. But, but when the Lord begins to speak to us, I want to hear his voice. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. But by faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob. The heirs with him of the same promise, for he looked for a city in which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. There's great reward in following the voice of a shepherd. Amen. Why don't you stand with me, please? And I want you to pray with me as we wrap up here tonight. I want you to pray that God would give us an ear to hear what His Spirit is saying to us. I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about it, but here's the way I feel about it. We need to hear God. I need a word from God. In 2022, on May 25th, I need a word from God. And you need a word from God. So I want you to help me pray. I want you to pray specifically for yourself that God would help us hear His voice. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now. God, as you settle in upon us tonight, as you direct our steps, as we listen to your word, O oh God, and as we feel the promptings of the Holy Ghost working in our behalf, I pray, O oh God, we would 
understand with certainty and assurance that there would be a clarity in our minds, O oh Lord, to know that you are leading us, that you are walking, Lord, with us today. I pray, O oh Lord, you would give us the strength, the courage to follow through every time, Lord, you speak to us, every time, O oh Lord, you call us to a new area, a new work, God. I pray that we would have the ability and the courage to follow through. Lord, every time you convict my heart of sin, I pray, God, that you would help me to repent of that sin. God, I pray that every time that you lead us into, Lord, a new path, as you open doors, God, for your people, for this church, Lord, the future of this church, I'm asking you, Lord, that you, Lord, would help us. Oh, in the name of Jesus, give us wisdom, mighty God, I pray. Help us, Lord, to make wise choices in our life. Help us, O oh Lord, to be, God, where you want us to be in the place and the timing. I pray, O oh God, that you would grant revival. Pour out your spirit, Lord. We know, Lord, it's your, your will. It's your good pleasure to give us the kingdom. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Use us tonight, God. Use, Lord, this church in this last hour and this last day, I pray. Help us to be in tune to the Holy Ghost. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Oh, I worship you tonight, God, and I give you honor and praise and glory. Thank you, Lord, for every person here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst. Bless us and protect us as we go to our homes, we pray. Give you the thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Love and appreciate you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.